time when man has become dependent on robots to satisfy our every need. Man made us better at what we do than was ever humanly possible. Science will create a new order of artificial being. You're a machine. I'm a boy. Impossible. More intelligent, more feeling, and more human than ourselves. Until you were born, robots didn't dream, robots didn't desire unless we told them what to want. Some of us will embrace it. He is only a child. Monica, he's a toy. He's a gift. Others will fear it. They made us too smart, too quick, and too many. That's why they hate us. out of theaters the podcast that reviews the movies of yesteryear this year my name is billy culpa here with my good friend and co-host william j pfeiffer will hello hi billy how you doing i'm okay how are you i'm doing well it's uh it's great to be back it is good to be back how are you uh coping with the pandemic uh it's been a couple weeks since we last chatted i know it's uh it's it is what it is (laughs) right (laughs) I i saw a movie last night I know. What about that? Normally, you ask me if I've seen any yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Will, have you seen any good you, movies lately? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of movies, but they've all been on my TV set. You saw a movie in a theater. I saw Tenet in theaters. I wore a mask. I, you know, obeyed protocols. It was it was everything you think it was. You want me to talk about it? I mean, you just get right into it? I do. I have, I have many questions. Go, no, I, go for I'm it. curious about Tenet, but I'm even at this point more curious about the experience. So, you go there... So, is the concession stand open? Yes. All right. So, okay. uh, I order. I always have ordered my tickets online because I, I don't want to deal with other people. So, I get on my phone. Just, I by the way, this is just in general. That's right. You were born at the right time in history. No, you friend. have no idea. I ordered Papa John's today. I, you know, I guess we're no. not supposed to order that anymore because it's racist or whatever. But Papa John's is good pizza. <laughs> no. First of all, no. And it's second good. of all, it's racist and it's horribly anti-union and he's Trump no, supporter. All, all, well, that guy's out. And he's though. in the new Ghostbusters. It's it's they, all off. They but kicked anyway. him out. That guy's out. He's not even the Papa anymore. Is he even allowed to say that anymore? Are you please? It's all. He's getting money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, you go online. I, uh, in Rockford, uh, where we record this podcast, uh, we're in AMC theaters sort of right. hub. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even know anymore if there are other theaters right i mean i guess like yeah there are like, there are other chains just not around here i know yeah think. there's like the royal theaters in madison i think mm-hmm. royal something uh marcus it's marcus right there's mark marcus yeah yeah um anyway we're amc so you just go to amc's website i order them there it's like 22 bucks you know 11 bucks a ticket me and um kevin but not that kevin not kevin not Oz. the kevin that was on the show no not that kevin. another other kevin. other kevin good good friend other kevin um, sure and so we ordered them we they they do have a prompt on the app that's like, do you want to order your concessions now? Which I was like, okay, that's some adaptability. Like that way you just, you show so up. Did you, you order all three refills of the Coke and popcorn you usually get? Or nope. did you just get no? Nope. <laughs> no, I didn't get anything. Uh, oh, no, I, I did get a frozen Coke. I, I think those are really good. It's the only place you can get them. So, but we show up. Burger King has them. But there anyway. was nobody, there was nobody. I mean, it was empty, right? There was, was like one, one like young kid at the counter and then one girl at the concessions. And it was like, that was it. So, okay. Uh, go in. I ordered my Coke, and it was just like mundane. I was the we got any there. other people in the I mean, I so mean, attendees. Literally from the moment we got 
uh, I, me and Kevin got into the theater or into the the building to mm-hmm. our theater. We saw no other patrons. Um, okay. Inside the theater, it, it turned out to be a pretty good crowd. I would say, and when I, when I say pretty good, I mean it was like maybe thirty people, twenty five right. people. But for COVID, that seems crazy. Is well, it's for you and me in our movie experience. Yeah, we saw Blade I mean, Runner twenty forty nine, and we were it. But that, I mean, like every movie we see, that's our joke. But I mean, like literally everything you and Except I see, that it's horrible like horrible Joker movie. Right, that thing was packed. packed with idiots, <laughs> and we were among. Them. I know, I know. But like for the most part, you know, like the whole theaters, sure. whatever. It was pretty well seated. I'll never understand the people. Um, our AMC theaters have like. The first third are a bunch of seats right up on the screen, and then there's yeah. like a walkway, and then there's like the back two thirds that kind of elevates up. Sure, there was as many people in those front third than as the back. And I'll never understand being uncomfortable for for a Christopher Nolan movie that's like seven hours long. I don't I don't understand why you'd want to do seven that. Hours. <laughs> Billy went to see Shoa. <laughs> so, uh, and that was that. I mean, but I gotta say, other than like there was a couple title cards. About like really yelling at us to wear our masks. There was mm-hmm. a couple ones that were like, there was one that kind of hit me, which sounds weird. I had like an emotional reaction to the no, promo. No. It involved some child. And no, but it was like, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, we're glad to be open for you again or something. Oh, and I kind of yeah. was like, yeah, yeah. huh, like that's right. Like it felt like society has come back. Even though I understand, I understand it has not. And we're all going to die. I get not. it. We're all good. Well, with our, our president, I'll take good care. That's of what I'm saying. So yeah. that I mean, I gotta say, but, and how how so? Like, were you limited where you could sit? No, but they what they do on the app is you pick your seats ahead of time, right? Which is great. Right. I, I love assigned seating because I know you know you don't have to like ask somebody to scoot down one or have some weirdo right. come. Although know, I've when Allie and I saw Endgame, there were there was a giant argument that almost broke into a fistfight because somebody was in somebody else's seat and they didn't realize it, and you know. Oh, they. Have, I think one of them realized it, but they just weren't backing down. Oh, so. cool, cool. That person's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but the app, what it did was it would like set like sections of two, so it'd be like there'd sure. be two seats next to each other that you could pick, and then on either side, the left and right of those two seats were closed. So I thought mm-hmm. it'd be more than a one seat gap, but it, yeah. it, it was only one seat gap. Well, AMC is unusual because I believe their seats are six feet wide. I don't know what that means. <laughs> the seats themselves are their cow. They're built to accommodate your average rock 40. Oh, so. I see. Eh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. But yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, I, you know, two minutes into the movie, I forgot that we were in a pandemic. Right. It just, it, I wish I had a greater story for you, but it really was pretty it was fine i mean I, okay. I, I wore a mask the whole time i would take it off to drink my coke and then put it back on nobody else broke the rules everyone and frankly, was good about it yeah and it's really kind of funny the kind of people who in a pandemic will go on a monday night at seven o'clock to see tenant yeah were like you're they weren't not like they weren't douches i don't know how to right, say that exactly. like they liked no, you're movies right. So if like, they were like going to see Zookeeper three or something, then you may have an issue. Exactly, and there was a couple times during the like, there was like you know all, it was a Warner Brothers movie, so there's like ten Warner Brothers trailers ahead of time, yeah, which was kind of what. So did they show like Wonder Woman? I'm guessing they showed Wonder Woman. There was um, did they show um, the Batman? No, but they okay. showed uh, the Scarlet. Uh, the, I'm sorry, um, Scarlet oh, Black Johansson, Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, we mm-hmm. saw. Like, I think we saw two trailers for that. Um, and, and that's a Marvel movie. Yeah, so that was Not in Warner, there. So. Um, but anyway, they're showing whatever they can. I honestly forget what else, you know, there wasn't, I guess there wasn't as many as I thought, but my point was, um, you, you know, those like trailer moments where like somebody does something and somebody else has like the clever one-liner, like, I guess I'll see you later or whatever dumb, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. nobody clapped or nobody laughed. It was well, dead yeah. silence after every one of those jokes. Everyone's terrified they're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it like made me, I was like, I kind of leaned over to Kevin. I was like, this is our kind of theater. Like... <laughs> It was respectful. Nobody said dumb stuff. It was great. See, Billy, um, I'm, I'm raising you up. These, I can take you to those kind of theaters all the time if you wish to go. There aren't those kind of theaters anymore, Will. Let's, well, they are in big, in big cities there. 
Um, just I won't give any spoilers. Although I got to tell you, the movie I I don't know if I could spoil it for you. It's it's it's, it's very I've confusing. Seen, you said uh, yeah. Uh, I saw two reviews. I'm I'm actually stealing this from my buddy Kevin, but there was one that was like. It's a befuddled mess. And then the next, like the next reviewed right below it is like an instant masterpiece. And that's, that's kind of literally <laughs> it's a it. Above, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where would you rank it? Say, okay. Um, we'll leave the Batman ones out of it. You got interstellar inception and tenant, which breaks the Christopher Nolan. I rule. But so of those three, which yeah. one would you, where would you slide? Tenet, tenants clearly the third after. Okay. Inception, okay. Interesting. I mean, I, I don't think it's close. Uh, uh, Kevin just made like, I keep referencing him. He needs to just get on the podcast. It's, he had a great observation. He said, uh, me and him, I, I, you might have been there too. Did you see Ad Astra with us? Were you part of that? No, I wasn't invited to that one with you. Uh, I invite you every single time and you're always like, nine o'clock. What about, I'm not coming out. What about a movie called Spectre? I that was like I five was years ago. And that movie is garbage. And by the way, he, thank you for not inviting me. I know, me to that I know. Uh, well, I, no, the trick was I did invite you and then I uninvited you and then I went like later that day did, with a friend right. who invited me and I was like, and you invited me to the Joker. I oh. feel bad about it. Well, and you went, by the way, at I like did. 10 o'clock at night. You know, and hey, my wife was like, she was kind of, I came back and told her we saw it. And she's like, oh, I kind of want to see that. And I'm like, trust me, honey. <laughs> thank me later for this one. <laughs> Kevin said, Kevin said uh, the whole time I watched Ad Astra, I wished that I was watching Interstellar. And he said the whole time I was watching Tenet, I wished I was watching Inception. See, I, I liked Interstellar. I love Inception. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think I agree with both of those. I, I think everything about Interstellar is amazing. It's here's well, one sec. Uh, here's the thing that I think is weird about Interstellar. They hired it's Kip Thorne, right? Kip, the the like astrophysicist. Okay. Uh, to like help them figure out what a black hole might. It's yeah, it's uh, Kip Thorne, American theoretical physicist. Uh, helped them figure out what a black hole might look like visually. And, you know, they mm-hmm. took great pains to make like gravity so things would spin. You know, they took everything about this seriously. And then it, the fucking ending is love heals all or love travels through time. And he's like knocking books off. Sh- I was, yeah. it's, it's infuriating what a and good th- movie it is and how stupid that is. And the other thing, and this may be a spoiler for Interstellar, but okay, his whole movie about the connection he has with his daughter, and he's willing to like break the laws of space and time to get back exactly. to his daughter, right? He gets back, she's because time, the way time passes when you're near the speed of light and all that, his daughter is now an old woman. Mm-hmm. It's Ellen Burstyn as an old, old woman, and he's yep. still young Matthew McConaughey, relatively young. He's the same, essentially, yeah. And he, he leaves almost immediately. I, I thought about that. I I saw. We're gonna, I want to talk about Tenet, too, but uh, I saw Interstellar like a week ago, and I think there's a presumption that time has passed. Um, he oh, talks okay. to her, and then he he kind of like looks around. They built that like re, like a recreation of his dusty farmhouse. And there's a couple lines of dialogue in there where he's like, "Why? Who'd want to live here? It's, this isn't right anyway." But this house sucks. Like, I, and I, I kind of got the sense that he had been there. He had been kind of oh. dealing with it for a bit, and now he's. I've like, only seen it the one time. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. I always actually. love the line on Red Letter Media when they say they travel to a find a new planet where Anne Hathaway can overact. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, Tenant. Yeah, Tenet. Uh, the the only thing that really matters, I'm not spoiling anything. I don't mm-hmm. think is that it's a it's a time travel movie, but it, it's literal people literally traveling backwards through time while you're traveling forwards through time. Okay, and those I kind of pe- got a little bit of that from the like the most recent trailer. I, so I mean, take take 30 seconds here and fast forward because I'm not I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I guess okay. I would say a big weird part of the movie is when those two people traveling through different sets of time interact. 
and it's just wildly confusing and you like cannot stop letting yourself because you know a lot of movies you go ah, it's a movie i'll buy it whatever I, you can't stop thinking like how would that work wait a minute you know like I, and i can't talk about it anymore other than that the plot's fine it's confusing it's almost like a james bond plot like it's a, a, an american spy it's got to do x y and z and well, whatever you know, right? even uh um uh inception is has very james bondian elements sure yeah 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 you know? By the yeah. way, I want to point out I'm such a movie nerd that I actually took my earbuds out while you were giving that 30 second spoiler, so I didn't wasn't spoiled myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and I was watching you on the screen when your lips start moving. I put the earbuds I didn't. Back. I don't know. I'm sorry if I ruined. I, it. I don't know. I don't think how? I ruined anything. There's no now. How was uh? How were the how were the leads? How was uh? uh so the it's weird. The uh the lead guy. I was like, who is this dude? He's in Black Klansman. Yep. Um, he's I, very good. It's um it's John. Denzel Washington's son. No, is it really? John David Washington, I believe so. You know what's funny about that? I looked him up, and the only thing I saw was that he was, like, once a walk-on for the St. Louis Rams. Like, he was on their practice squad. Yeah, an American football running back, uh, Morehouse College, undrafted Rams. And I thought, oh, okay, he's a he's an NFL dude, you know? Like, and he kind of looks like it. He's, he's like, you know, kind of short stature, but pretty buff. Yeah. Uh, he's like... But they cast him across from, from an Australian lady. I forget her name. I'm sorry I don't have the research up for here. Uh... But she's six foot three. Oh, I she's they call her like the tall woman. She has like some nickname. She's the tall woman. Elizabeth DeBicke. Yes, Elizabeth. She is. Yes, she's a son, he's the son of Denzel real quick. And he also he was he was born on my birthday 17 years after I was born. So there you go. And Pattinson's tall. Robert Pattinson's the third leader or whatever. And he's tall, too. He's like six I one like or him. six two. So, Most actors are short, as we've discussed. Right. But the, it's, it's no I kept saying like everybody in this movie seems six five. Um, and then Kenneth Branagh is the bad guy, and I gotta say he he's great. I mean, like I forgot he's good. And Michael Caine's in it, right? Of course, this being a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael Caine's in it for like a cameo. Not much. He sits at a, he he doesn't actually get off his table. He just sits at a table and orders breakfast and eats well. His he eats during his scene. Dude, when you have had the career Michael Caine has, then you get to do that. That's a pretty sweet deal too. <laughs> and that's enough. I don't think I really want to talk about any more about it. Other than okay. that, I, I think. Um, the first maybe two thirds, I mean, I'm not saying the first two acts, but like for a long time, I kept thinking in my head, I cannot wait to watch this again. So I can kind of pick up on the stuff I've learned. And like, you know, uh -huh. by the end, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see that for a while. You know, we had, like, we had a reaction me. to another mind bending uh, thing was lost. Remember? We're like, yeah, totally. this is going to be so much fun to rewatch and do this. And when it was over, it's like, fuck it. I'm never watching. That is that an again. amazing parallel. You're completely right. That's this. Is I just like remember that. we had the same. We were like, this will be so much fun to rewatch. And when it ended, we're like, yeah, I'll never see it again. There's there's a moment where like the the guys going forward in time blow up a building and then the guys going from the bottom floors and the guys from coming back in time blow it up from the top and there's a sequence of like fast forward rewind fast forward uh -huh. like that doesn't make any sense it makes for an amazing effect and then when it ended kevin and i both threw our hands up and went wait what i have Why to say <laughs> and i'm i i agree this sounds incredibly confusing and it could be a huge disaster but just you describing that scene makes me want to see this movie so bad. it's not a huge disaster but, <laughs> but but when that's over you stop and go wait a minute i don't understand why they blew that building up at all like it doesn't make sense it has nothing to do with anything uh-huh they just do it you know maybe maybe i mean, i don't know man but it's i wouldn't say it's a disaster the movie is definitely not like a train wreck it's just right. and and i i, I want to say this just i think i'm like a i'm not as uh, articulate or uh intelligent of a movie viewer as you are I'm not saying as a person, but as like an audience, right? I, you like, are, Billy. I no, miss stuff, right? <laughs> like I'm like, but I think I'm I'm a several notches above the average 
like popcorn eating fool. You're a smart guy. I spent a good chunk of the movie just befuddled, just going, what? Like, I don't. One of these days we'll watch something like Eraserhead or Blue Velvet or then it'll give you something really to chew on and bring your own interpretation to. Yeah, this and this wasn't, well, whatever, that's that's enough. That's no, enough. but I do want to see it. And I, I think it's so cool because so few people have seen a movie in a theater and you, it's like an exclusive. It's a, it's a scoop. I, I wish it was a cooler story, man. It's it's It was like pretty much, I thought, I think it speaks to AMC's professionalism, honestly. It felt. Did they wipe stuff down like? Did you feel the theater was clean? The people who work in a movie theater are 15 years old. With I know. That's they did not wipe. I, as far as I could tell, nobody wiped anything. I saw two employees the whole time I was there. Uh... Do you want to talk about this week's featured movie? Let's talk about this week's featured movie. From 2001, AI, Artificial Intelligence. They hate us, you know. The humans, they'll stop at nothing. My mommy doesn't hate me. Because I'm special and unique. Because there's never been anyone like me before, ever. Mommy loves Martin because he is real, and when I am real, Mommy's going to read to me and tuck me in my bed and sing to me and listen to what I say, and she will cuddle with me and tell me every day, a hundred times a day, that she loves me. She loves what you do for her. As my customers love what it is I do for them. They had to call it AI, artificial intelligence, because people kept thinking it was just AI originally, and people thought it said A1. Did they because really? The, they thought you, it was the story of steak sauce? Yes. Oh, think think about the logo. That. It's it's David Imagine the boy. Imagine how exciting the story of steak sauce would be. <laughs> well, the logo is like the A and then the sideways profile of the David kid, the like, robot. like reversed out of him, yeah. So it looks like a one. So Right. It does, like, actually. I'm looking at it right now. Interesting. Will, tell us about AI. AI, as Billy said, it, uh, 2001 Steven Spielberg uh, science fiction film. Um, famously was uh, developed by legendary director Stanley Kubrick, who died in 1999, and then Steven Spielberg took over afterward. Kubrick maybe gave it up because he didn't think they had the technology to do the the boy robot armor. But anyway, Spielberg picked it up. It's based on a 1969 science fiction story by Brian Aldiss called Super Toys Last All Summer Long, and it is about... Um, it covers a lot of ground, but it's basically about a family that has a son who is in a coma. And so the mom and dad, of course, are very sad and miss their son, you know, and they go visit him in the hospital, but he's just in a coma. And so the dad uh, brings home one day a little robot boy. Who plays the dad? Sam Robards, who I believe it's the son of Jason Robards from All the President's Men. I think so. Francis O'Connor plays the mother, Monica and Henry. And uh, they bring home this boy robot played by Haley Joel Osment, who was the kid actor of the moment in 2001. He was in The Sixth Sense. He was in movies like, what was he in? K-Pax and Pay It Forward. Secondhand Lions. Was he, is he in Secondhand Lions? Yes, he, he is, isn't he's he? He's the kid. He's I saw Forrest that in Gump theaters. earlier, you know. He's in, he for, was, yeah, he's Forrest Gump's son. He's Forrest Gump's I, you, you, you know, you say that. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I know I've already talked a lot of this episode, but I, I, I think he was yeah. more than... Than the boy of the moment, the child actor of the moment. His moment was like seven years. Like right, he, but the sixth sense is really what propelled him. I agree. Couldn't agree more. That made him huge. And, you know, there was talk back then. I remember because this is when they were getting the Harry Potter movies going. And people were like, why don't they make that Haley Joel Osment play Harry Potter? It turns out it was a good move that they didn't make Harry Potter. Agreed. Okay, no. Daniel Radcliffe is very good. And plus, he aged well as the series went on. Haley hey. Joel Osment... 
And I got nothing against him, but he, you know, he hit that awkward period. <laughs> well, you need to be British, too, I think, to be <laughs> true. Yes, you I mean, do so. need to be British. Yes. Okay. Yeah, can you imagine the angry Brits if they cast an American? So, mom and dad, I interrupted you. Mom and dad lost mom their and son. Dad, dad brings home bring this home robot. A, from his company. Right. From his company. He works for this uh, experimental robot AI company. Um, the mom is very reluctant. She's like, why'd you bring this in the house? You know, because it is kind of creepy. It's but super eventually, creepy. But eventually, the mom... They get closer and closer to the boy, and she, that you have to do this thing to bond the boy, the robot to you. You read this series of words, basically, and that unlocks something that then he will bond to you as if he were your child. Is it a game? Now, I'm going to read some words, and uh, they won't make any sense, but I want you to listen to them anyway, and look at me all the time. Can you do that? Yes, Monica. So she does that. They're all happy. Da 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 da. And then miracle of miracles, the brother comes out of his coma. That's the, well, not brother. I mean, their son. They're like their son. Yes, yes, son. Their yeah. son. Yeah, I guess it's not really the brother. The, but the, the imprinted son. words. Do you remember them at all? I don't remember them all. I just I have them in front of me. It's we'll talk about them later. But okay, they, Kubrick wrote them. Did he? Was yeah. it, uh, what was it just his movie titles? It's Lolita, <laughs> Dr. Strangelove, Milk Bar, Orange, Barry Lyndon, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket. So then the brother comes home and it turns out the brother, like many young boys, is a complete dick. Yep. And he's, he's, and in his defense, he's not thrilled that suddenly there's this new kid his age in his house who sort of has taken his place in a little bit of a way. He could not have been any less gracious about it though. I know, but here's, and this is, we're, we will get to this, but I found both boys very annoying, <laughs> both David and the brother. Sure. Haley Joel. But anyway, so the brother is still, they have some conflicts. The, the, the brother does stuff that like, you know, sets Haley Joel Osment against the parents and the uh, sort of the, the final straw comes when they're at a party for the brother and the brother is still he's still recovering from his coma he has like leg these you know futuristic leg braces on he can't get around that well and um the the boy's friends are making fun of him and da 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 the, yeah they're the, they're poking at him like poking at him you know do you they ask him do you, they're like does he have a penis or whatever yeah. like they want to see it and these are all the kind of questions him. actual boys would ask of course sure but they're jerks about it and they, they bully him I know. Well, you know, boys can be bullies, Billy. <laughs> and I'm anyway, aware. I, I do a whole podcast with one. That's right. And you better mind your step. <laughs> but so, uh, and I, I kind of, it's been a while since I've seen it. I re- I've seen it a couple months ago when we originally painted a record. <laughs> Somehow, Haley Josman locks onto the brother and they fall into the pool, right? Oh, you know what it is? The, the like oldest, the oldest friend is like, does he bleed? And so he kind of like whips out a little weird knife or key or something and tries to like stab him to see if there's blood because um, he's an android and they want to know. Right. It is. And the minute he gets pricked, he latches onto what's the what's the other son's name? The, the other Shed? son's name is um, Martin. Martin. He latches onto Martin and he just keeps mumbling, protect me, save me or whatever. Right. And then falls into the pool, which sucks for Martin because there's a big metal thing wrapped around him that won't let him out. Right. And he can't. Martin is not strong enough to fight his way out of it. And and Haley, jo- the David doesn't matter because he doesn't breathe. So he's not going to drown or anything. Right. So basically all the dads dive in. They pull him out and they're like, we got to get rid of this robot kid. Which so sucks for him. Sucks because for him. he actually, you know, the, the whole movie's arguing, can a robot love? Right. 
And he thinks, David thinks he loves. He loves the mom. I mean, just unconditionally. He does. But, well, and I, this is a big question. Is, is, it, is it unconditionally if you have to write a, a line of code to unlock the love? But well, anyway. the love is, un, like, once it's unlocked, it's unconditional. From that point, I don't think there's anything. Monica, uh, well, continue. I, I yeah. So then Monica, and this is the scene I know that, that breaks everyone's heart is, Monica basically takes David out in the woods in a very, the whole thing, by the way, is very Pinocchio, very fairy tale yeah. driven kind of a thing. Takes him out in the woods and abandons him. And he's begging her not to go. And she's having a hard time with this, obviously. You won't understand the reasons, but I I have to leave you here. Is it a game? When will you come back for me? I'm not, David. You'll, you'll have to be here by yourself. Oh. Here's where like sort of the meat of the story begins, because now David is out in the world alone. He wants to sort of do the Pinocchio thing and become a real boy and find his mom. Right. And I mean, there's parallels throughout it, you know. He, oh, there's he meets, so many. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of it. There's an adventure and an adventure. He meets um he meets a, a sex robot played by Jude Law. He <laughs> is a sex Pfeiffer. robot though. No, I know the way you said it. His <laughs> name is Gigolo Joe. <laughs> Gigolo Joe, what do you know? Yeah, and I like Jude Law a lot in this movie. I thought he had like, I I think parts of this, I, I like this movie overall, but I think parts of it get a little mopey and kind of, you know, treacly in it's the way Spielberg sometimes will. Jude Law, I think, had like some pep and some zip through the whole thing, you know. He's an like, interesting character. He's tragic, yeah. but he's not like, it's not like a, a sob fest. Like no, he's like, he's like, a you know, he's full of personality. If you wanted to hire a sex robot he would you know he's full of charm he's a very charming guy and he's he very, uh, he know. gets framed he's on the run as well uh, uh right. you know the the thing that drives this on the run is that uh robots are looked at by a sect of the population definitely the trump voters look at robots as sort of their it's their fault you know it's, right it's, exactly it's hitler's jews it's it's trump's it's, muslims it's it's the know. immigrants coming across the border right it's, the it's, robots it's, are taking the your other. jobs right yep they're taking your jobs, they're replacing you, and then at one point it's, oh, look, now they programmed them to love. This thing's exactly. going to replace your sons and daughters. It's like, and they they have a whole big thing. And so Jude Law and, and David have to run. Right. And uh, they go, because, they yeah. stumble across this thing called the Flesh Fair, I believe. Isn't that what it's called? The, That's right. Which is very interesting. And this is sort of the most apocalyptic, over the top part of the movie. Do you know that's uh, that's Spielberg's big contribution to the movie? Is the Flesh Fair? I could see yeah. that. It feels. Very, I mean, it's, it's, that's where like sort of the big special effects, exciting. You know, sure, sure. And there's a whole thing with like, they catch the robots in like a balloon that looks like the moon. I mean, it, parts of it really become like a fairy tale where 
and this is not a criticism. This is actually, I kind of like this, where they really don't care that much about it making like hard science fiction sense. Sure. It's more like how it feels and how it looks. You know yeah. what I mean? There's there's parts where the other, there's they run into all sorts of other robots on the run and they mm-hmm. ask, is is the moon real? I think Teddy, the like the stuffed bear robot. Yeah, well, I forgot about Teddy. I like and Teddy. And it's like, is, that, is the moon real? Like they look up and go, we don't know if that's another flesh fair thing or if it's the right. real moon. And it's terrifying and sad. In the flesh fair, I thought the flesh fair basically it's like a big monster truck rally organized by humans. But what they do is they um they destroy robots for like your pleasure to watch. Yeah. you know it's yeah. And, uh, I think like Kid Rock is essentially playing. I mean, it's not Kid Rock, but it's like, but you know, it's that like kind of well, rap rock. But speaking of rock, uh, in one of the many movies, uh, a few weird sort of forced cameos, Chris Rock is in this part is, he's one of the robots yeah it's so bizarre and it's, it's so really- obviously chris rock doing like part of his stand-up act or yeah something. Like, you know I, I gotta take that back too by the way the band i actually read about this is ministry i don't know if you know oh them, is it metal band and spielberg picked them because uh he heard a crew member listening to them on some previous movie and was like i kind of like that band and called them and was like do you want to be in my movie and the guy hung up he's like okay yeah real funny and hung up on steven spielberg <laughs> ministry well i guess that makes sense yeah but the, the thing i like best about the flesh fair part is um, you see without them sort of spelling it out through narration or something, you see the evolution of robots, like how yeah. they came to David, which is this almost perfect human robot. But you see the the previous generations when they were just like a robot with a screen that looked like a face and they get, right. you know, you see the, the more and more human like robots sort of along the continuum and they're all being destroyed essentially in these cages but they're all partly damaged too because they've mm-hmm. been abandoned right they're right scavengers. exactly so yeah, and, i guess they, robots, they had yeah. real amputees play these robots without arms and stuff i think he did that with et too i want to say the parts of that were an amputee played et i think i could be sure. wrong but i think I, that's the case no clue <laughs> i don't know i just i saw et when i was like six and i've not seen it since i've you know i saw it a couple years ago and i will say this it held up uh very well Okay. I believe we mentioned E.T. on the show because when I was young, I tried to sneak into Fast Ties for Ridgemont High, and the theater manager made me go sit and watch E.T. again. He wouldn't let me in the R-rated movie. <laughs> well, you, uh, let's, let's get to the end of the plot okay. summary here. So, yeah. So, um, let me see. So, he, Flesh Fair, did, oh, he, they go to um, Rouge the, City. Ru, yeah. Where, because um, that's where Jude Law says you can find the answer to your question. Dr. No is there which is a uh, hologram voiced by Robin Williams. And boy, is he Robin Williamsing it up in this scene. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. No, where fast food for thought is served up 24 hours a day in 40,000 locations nationwide. Ask Dr. No, there's nothing I don't. Tell me where I can find the blue fairy. Question me, you pay the fee. Two for five, you get one free. He means two questions cost five new bucks with a third question on the house. In this day and age, David, nothing costs more than information. Do you know that he recorded all that with Kubrick as a director still? Like that was done before Spielberg was ever assigned to this or anything. It was all done way in advance. Yeah. I hope Kubrick would crack down on that and not let so much of it in the movie. <laughs> it sounds like to me that Kubrick was, I, I might have this wrong. Kubrick this started mi- a lot of projects and he never came close to finishing. <laughs> it sounds to me like this whole movie for Kubrick was him getting the chance to not do the, the scary or war movie or he was just trying like, how do I do something that's more with heart? You know, how do I do something a little less sinister 
And he basically like just was like, I, I can't do this. Yeah, it's not for me. Give Spielberg, it to Spielberg will do that. I think that's kind of what happens. Let so me go my guys wide shot. <laughs> <laughs> a movie where Tom Cruise can't have sex. <laughs> so uh, they run into Doctor No. Doctor No is fed lines by the the robots. The robot creator kind of figures out like, hey, he's probably going to go see this Doctor No guy. Right. So they feed him some lines to get us to the end. That would be William Hurt, by the way. Yeah, William Hurt yep. from uh, Broadcast News. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing uh, Professor Hobby, I believe was his name. And so, yeah, so he directs um, uh, little David to go to uh, the headquarters where their office is, which, and this is, I mean, visually this movie is pretty stunning because New York has been flooded, you know, as in the oceans have risen. So it was yeah. Statue of Liberty up to her, I can't remember how high, chin or something. something and, yeah, I guess the the set was from the movie The Perfect Storm. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. And um and so Manhattan is all, you know, skyscrapers that are above the water. Yeah. And um so he goes there and that's when he we're spoiling this movie by the way. It's a 20-year-old movie. But he uh he sees all the Davids, like, you know, boxes of Davids in a They've row. They decided David has passed every test, so they're uh-huh. going to mass produce this thing. So he shows up at the headquarters where he's been directed by this Robin Williams robot. He right. shows up and there's tons and tons of him. And, and what's the girl name? There's a girl robot, too. It starts, is it Darla? I think it's something with the Something D. like that. They're all white robots, though. You notice that? Yeah, I did notice that. It's a pretty white movie, let's be honest. I mean, you know. Except Spielberg, for Chris Rock, who you insulted. Yeah, Chris Rock is, yeah. Chris Rock stands out a lot in this movie for a lot of reasons. Did you kind of shoot me over the propeller thing? Yeah, I don't need to go through it. I, I was considering it, but I changed my mind. David does not react well. To this he has it's he has like a like a psychotic break almost sure which you can understand i mean if you were suddenly reminded that you were not a unique and distinct little flower and you were one of you were a toaster that came off an assembly line yeah and you will never Dar- be a real darlene boy. by the way it's darlene darlene Sorry. okay okay darlene and um so then david uh Again, I'm sorry. I can't no, quite it's, remember it's how fine. David... I'll, I'll try to trim this up a bit, too. Uh, David how, falls how off the, the building. He just that's walks, right. he walks off. Mm-hmm. Um, there, he gets a little speech first by William Hurt, who's trying to tell him that he's so special, he's so unique, and he cannot... David cannot rectify, you know, being special and unique and also seeing a hundred of them in boxes right. and walks off the edge of this building. And plunges into the watery depths. Yeah, and I think he's rescued by Gigolo Joe in a helicopter. Right, right, and the you know, like the little flying cars that they have, or something, or maybe the police come. I don't quite remember, but but Gigolo gets, Joe gets sucked out of his helicopter while David flies his to the Blue Ferry. At right, he Coney flies Island. it about a block away, and somehow in the future New York, Coney Island has moved into downtown Manhattan. In reality, it's quite far away. <laughs> and anyway, the movie ends with uh, David getting in, uh, taking his little helicopter thing, going down under the ocean to Coney Island to see the blue ferry and then getting trapped there. Right. It's like a, it's, it's a, it, the blue ferry is just a, it's just like a plaster of Paris, you know, statue from Coney Island, like some yeah, cheesy it's real. statue. That's a real thing. Like, yeah. And, a, and the fair and the big giant Ferris wheel falls on him. And, Oh, if only the movie had ended there, my friend. You were incorrect when you say the movie ends when that happens. Kubrick, Kubrick wrote this, this, coda at the end here so we can't I, you know. blame all this on kubrick because kubrick did not film and release this thing you gotta kubrick put this right this. The, the screenwriter hey. is like the the like copy editor of the kubrick hired confirm like all that stuff that's, that's all in fine. the original script but spielberg's the one that put this in theater so i'm blaming him <laughs> okay uh aliens come 
Yeah, like basically or, David David freezes underwater. They're not aliens. They're like future robots. Are they? Fe- yeah, because but it's unclear. You could no, think it's, I, I think it's supposed to be. It's like written out and confirmed by Spielberg. I know it's not in the movie, so it is unclear in the it movie. It is unclear because it's not in the movie. And but they look like aliens. It's, it's like how you talked about how the robots have evolved. We see them at the flesh fair progressing. Now they're way past human. Way, way past. Humans have died because the Earth's no longer inhabitable. So Because now robots, it's frozen. All right. that water we saw is ice, and they're carving down through the ice like excavating things. So somehow the robots figured out that David is frozen under there. They unthaw him, they rescue him, and they tell him, look, man, you're super valuable to us because you have a connection with our makers. Right. That's what it is. They tell, they, do they say that in the movie? They say, you met humans who made us. Right. So, so like, essentially what they're saying is, you have met God. Yeah. Like, it would be like if we met Jesus or whatever. So, they promise to give him anything he wants because he's so sad. Right. And so, he gets, like, one day with his original but, mom but, but, and then the movie ends. But the one, and the, the one thing, and this is where I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then they kind of ruined it by making it too obvious because they he says, like, well, I want a day with my mom. And they're yeah. like, we can bring back anyone except not your mom because we don't have the genetic material. And then the little bear... Mr. What's his name? Mr. Grumbles? It's no. Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> I guess Mr. there's no Grumbles. more obvious name. <laughs> what? <laughs> his name was Mr. What the hell is Mr. Grumbles? <laughs> I'm not editing that out. What is oh, Mr. Don't, Grumbles? Don't edit that. I have no idea. Teddy, s- earlier in the movie, David cut off a piece of the mom's hair. And that was one of the things where they were scared of him because he had like a pair of scissors and they didn't know if he was attacking. And Teddy. The, the, the brother set him up for it. Said, right. You know, if you want to show that you really love mom, you should take a piece of her hair and show it to her later. Right. And so, but you see Teddy pick up the hair. No mention is made of it, but you see Teddy pick it up. So, at the end, when they said that, I'm like, because I haven't seen it in 20 years. I forgot about that. I'm thinking, Teddy has the hair. So, then Teddy holds up the hair, and I'm like, that's really cool. And then Teddy explains how he picked up the hair, and I'm like, why did you have to explain it? We understand what you did. Don't you think if you had a piece of hair over 200 years, it would, like, decay? It would turn to dust? Possibly. Especially if you were trapped underwater for 200 years? Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't work. Organic material. But anyway, it's a fairy tale, though. So, then he spends a day with mom. Oh, we forgot about Meryl Streep as the actual blue fairy. Oh, I didn't forget about that. I just ignored it. <laughs> you I mean, blocked it from your mind. <laughs> yeah. Another celebrity cameo that really, I mean, he that really. Was a, this that was really a rambling and wandering plot where this, the movie has, you can tell it's, it's been pieced together through Kubrick, through, through Spielberg, because there's different tones and it's, it's sort of uneven and it's very uneven. together. Yeah. And parts of it are very entertaining. Parts of it are, I, parts of it I liked a lot, but parts of it are just like, Oh, it goes on too long. Or this doesn't, it, this doesn't come together for me. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, no, no. That's, I think that's fair. I, I see all of your points. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a great movie, but this to me is a very important movie. This, this movie for me, uh, you know, and I'll get into a little bit of story here. Uh, when I was 16, my mom abandoned my family. And then this movie came out like two years later and I oh, saw boy. And it is emotionally devastating. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, I'm not. Yeah. I can and agree. when you, when you, Will, when you, I don't want to even elaborate much more than that, other than I put it on like a month ago, like you said, and just bawled. Like I was like, oh no, I'm never going to escape this. I'm going to be 70 years old and I'm going to turn on AI and just start crying. <laughs> it's like, it's miserable for me. And so for me, everything up until the, like the mom, the mom telling him, like he just keeps going, I love you. Why are you leaving me? And she's just like, run, you know, and it's like, it's. 
It's a train wreck. I, I was like, my, my my wife was out that night, and I was so relieved. Uh, <laughs> say, Why is oh my, my she'd be like, what is wrong with like I'm damaged, right? But from that point onward, I lose for me. I lose the like emotional connection to right. it, and, you know, which which is unrelated to the movie. That's I'm the bringing my emotional own punch. I mean, I yeah. can see why because that scene they really milk it. I mean, it's they do. It's it's, it's, it's overdone, honestly. But, but I mean, it's they go for it and they they make it. You know, they don't. They don't gloss over how painful that would be to totally. And so, like, I really love all the setup. I just, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like, you know, you, it's like coming back to your old home. You sure, know, like right? I, I, right? I oh, after man. that, I the that's movie, the power I, of movies, man. It seems like just an average sci-fi movie to me. After that, I do really like uh, Jigolo Joe's performance, uh, Jude Law's performance. Like uh, he Law, is yeah. really charming. I like that he's uh, he's been set up. So, like, he's one of his clients. Um, the husband like finds out that she's cheating on him with a robot. Right. So yeah. He, yeah. He kills her and sets up Joe. Right. It's like the fall guy and Joe. Joe immediately is like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I see what's happening. Right. Goes for the run. <laughs> um, it's great. But like, like you even said, like the Chris Rock parts are really weird or Chris Rock part, the, like two second yeah. cameo. He's got the Robin Williams thing is really weird. It's, it's, you know, it's that, po- I mean, whether Kubrick had anything to do with it or not, it's that post Aladdin, but it's not, used as well as it is it's just like here's Ron williams watch him go crazy and it's paul schaefer and hercules it's it that it's like it's sort like, of goofy rosie o'donnell and tarzan yeah. you know just like here's why the big are you star here? yeah you know yep. who it is you know it's not like they try and act like it, you you would never be like oh i didn't know that was Ron williams i mean believe me you know it was Ron williams totally yeah yeah although he does have like when it's all over when like he's done with his manicness he brings himself down to like a like a tender sort of sentimental and it's like it's pretty good robin williams can do that. i mean like in goodwill hunting or and this is i mean this show and, will and never your favorite be, patch adams uh, that movie's terrible but what <laughs> i was gonna say in this movie this show was a really good show it's a pity that no one will ever watch it again but the show louis that louis ck did was a yeah. great show and robin williams and was on an episode where they went to a fellow comedian's funeral and it was amazing it was yeah. so beautifully acted including by robin williams yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. I, I, I just, yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah. But I mean, yeah. If but turn him on and let him go, and it's like. So let me ask you a few questions. Uh, we've gone on for a while here. What, what, um, what especially worked for you in this movie? I think what worked for me was sort of was the, um, I would say the vision of the future. I sure. liked, I liked, I liked the way Manhattan looked. I liked, you know, the sort of subtle way that things were different but it wasn't like i mean i guess there are flying cars in it but it's not like everyone was wearing a spacesuit and wearing a flying car and you know wearing, wearing a flying car driving a flying car i mean it was sort of a logical progression of the future much like uh i can't remember when he this was not made much later but minority report i right, think is also yeah. a pretty good vision of the future it minority feels, reports a little more like tech based a little more yeah. futuristic but it's other not than too other- crazy that's that's just like what we were talking with Interstellar. You spend all this time building a world that is like beautiful and smart and, and mm-hmm. technically accurate, and then you have goddamn psychics are like the plot point. You're like, what? Wait, why do you need that? Is that it? You know, I was are you Interstellar, but they do the same thing in Looper too. <laughs> no, Looper, there aren't psychics in Looper. No, but there? there's telekinetics. <laughs> Oh yeah, they have like, but that's that's yeah. it's it's I like treated, Looper a lot, but anyway. it's treated. I love Looper, but it's treated as like a gimmick, right? Like yeah. flipping quarters or whatever. Yeah. But what I mean Except is like that you, one kid. you have this crazy like articulated world that somebody spent their life. It's like their life's work to build this right. story for us, and then it all boils down to like a precog, and you're like, oh man, yeah. like, 
what a letdown. It's and again, just like Interstellar. It yeah, you know down you're right. That, that I like Minority Part a lot, but the whole thing with the precogs is just goony, and the way they carve a wooden ball and it rolls it's on is stupid. Like, why? I just don't get it. Is it just because it looks good on camera? I think I that's exactly it. I think you're probably right. Yeah, anyway. but I like and I you know um what's the I'm sorry I can't remember the the city they go to he goes to with a Ru- Rouge City. What is it? Rouge City. Rouge City. Yeah. Rouge City. That's very much like I when I was watching it this time, it felt like Clockwork Orange light sort of. Dude, when like, they show up, there, sexualized the first- but not. But PG sexualized. Totally. Uh, two things about that. Uh, when they get there, the first thing you see is a place called the Milk Bar. Mm-hmm, uh, right. And the second thing bar. is they actually had a huge building shaped like a penis and they had to remove it to keep their PG-13. Exactly. And there's like <laughs> things with the women's legs, like, you know, like they do much more sexually in Clockwork yeah. But yeah, there's... so the But I, yeah, the future I thought worked well. I like the... I, though I think that ending with the robots is goes on too long yeah i like the vision of it with the ice and all that i mean it I looks great everything I mean, I, spielberg I, he knows how to make a great looking movie i thought the movie was really well acted like i, I know mm-hmm. i know he's like you know quote just a child actor but that that hey. Haley Joel osmond performance is like the best child acting i've ever seen he's, he's so good, good. man He's good a lot of it. the stuff with him was was his idea. He he presented to Kubrick. He was like, or I'm sorry, to, to Spielberg. He says, I don't think I should blink. I mean, I know I can blink. Robots in the future would be able to blink at least mm-hmm. to appear more real. But I think it's unnerving if I don't. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, it works. And Spielberg was like, he's like eight. He's like, you're eight years old, dude. Like, <laughs> weirdo. Okay. And they do it, right? They, they, yeah. just, uh, they also, anytime um, they'd look at his outfits... And anytime like skin would be shown before the scene that day, they would like shave the hair off him. So he'd just have like more of a plastic sort he's of kind of creepy the way he's kind of shiny and smooth. He's that very... they did that on purpose. Yeah. To, like, Yo, make I know. It... I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it, it works because you think... never quite buy him as a real boy, which you shouldn't. He's not a right because he's not. But it's he's trying so hard. I, oh, right. man, it's, well, it's it, the Pinocchio. You know, have he, you ever seen looks... Pinocchio? It's good. <laughs> I'm not about to share a photo of my kid on our Facebook page, but he looks exactly like my kid. And it's weird. Like it's my kid's six. He looks just like him it's very unnerving your kid is about seven feet taller than Halo Joe Osmond at this no point. way what are you talking about <laughs> his legs are I've seen oh, him oh, that- <laughs> he has giraffe legs <laughs> <laughs> he's normal height he just has no upper body it's just his legs connect right to his armpit <laughs> um okay so what what didn't work for you then i think i think like you said i think the overall tone it just i never felt like it kind of fell into uh it, it like locked into sort of its emotional core and stuck with it. it. It jumps all over. Sometimes, you know, when it gets to the, you know, it gets slapsticky at parts. It gets like a big Mad Max movie during the Flesh Fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, Halo Jawsman gives a great performance that stretches all the way through. But I just think, I think the movie doesn't kind of stick with him in a way. Yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to process that. Um, I, I definitely believe that he needs his mother to love him. I right. don't oh, believe yeah. that he would jump to the conclusion that fairies are real. And if I go wish for this fairy, like, yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. I think it feels a little forced. I mean, I guess she's reading Pinocchio to him at a certain point. I mean, yeah. that's, that's established, but I mean, yeah. Why, why would he, it almost would be better if he was like, I mean, and this is, this is a bad thing for critics to do where you say like, well, the movie I want to see is this, but yeah, I mean, yeah. if it had been less Pinocchio, more like, you know, when he was a kid, he was writing some story or drawing some story like little kids really do that was kind of a crazy kid story. And then he took that as like his 
plan, you know, I'm going to, you know, then it would make yeah. more sense. Like maybe, kids, maybe kids are insane. Every, everybody and, knows Pinocchio. So yeah, I mean, know. and it's, and then he, you know, and Spielberg loves Disney, you know, I mean, he loves Disney stuff, you know, um, what is it? Close Encounters. If you, the, I can't remember if this was an original ending or when he tweaked with it, but it ends with a little musical hint in John Williams score of when you wish upon a star, you know? Oh, and, sure. Sure. And he did hook, you know, with Tinkerbell and uh, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Robin that's, Williams. That's the worst movie ever, by the way. Robin Williams is not that bad in that movie. That movie has a billion other problems besides Robin Williams. Isn't that, uh, isn't that Dustin Hoffman is, is Hook? He's Hook, and Glenn Close is in it, and Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell. It's like Gwyneth Paltrow's film debut, I think. She's That, like, that kid know? who plays Rufio is still playing Rufio. Oh, like, that's his that, kind of fame. Those Lost Boys are the worst thing I've ever seen in a movie. Dante and I like the original Peter Pan, except for the horrible racism in it. <laughs> Although I, I will like, admit oh, the yeah, songs yeah, yeah. are catchy. <laughs> we watched that a little bit. Um, it's funny. I, I looked it up because we my kids pick a movie, they latch onto it for a month, and then they move on. And Peter Pan was one of those. And uh, the it's time for bed. So it's the kids all have to take their medicine. So like yeah. the they, the mother comes over and like feeds them it's stuff. It's like and castor I, oil or something. No, it's like it's like meth, dude. It's like something. It's like Peter. I'm gonna look this up again. Peter Pan medicine before bed. It's like uh, some. It's morphine. The darling oh, children become very sleepy because they, the tonic that they give them is, quote, morphine, which was like a thing to do in the 40s or whatever. In the 40s. That movie takes place in like the 1900s. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> but the, All right. Uh, early 20th century. You're right. It's quite common in the early, early 20th century to give kids soothing syrups and tonics to control their behavior. That's See? They should narcotics. do that now. Wouldn't <laughs> you like to do that to the kids now? My wife and I have these Send them off arguments. to bed. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever taken melatonin? Uh, yeah, I took it when I when we went to China to get our sleep cycles sort of in sync. Yeah, I, I take it. I would say I take it once a week. Uh, it does help me because otherwise I'll sit at my computer. I'll edit this podcast. I'll have a couple cokes. I'll start playing a video, whatever. Like, and suddenly it's two a.m. and I got to get up at. I six, think I can you know? see exactly where what step you should skip if you don't want to be up until two a.m. I know, but, but it's the couple of cokes you mentioned. I understand. I really Although, do. The, uh, I found that melatonin. If you don't get the whole eight or nine hours of sleep, it's terrible for you. But if you can, it's like the best thing in the entire. When's world. the last just, time you got eight hours of sleep? <sighs> It's been a while. Usually, hey, what see, I do. How old's your oldest? <laughs> He's six. Yeah. Well, it's six years. I'll bet. Yeah, so six years. Yeah, man. It's it's rough. Okay, but anyway, I, I derailed us. Yeah. So what you don't okay. like about it is the tone. Yeah, I just think it it just feels kind of like a mess. I mean, frankly, it's it, the tone. The screenplay bounces around a lot. I mean, it it goes into these interesting little corners. Plus that ending. I, if it, I remember in the theater because I saw this in the theater with my wife. I remember when. He's trapped under the Ferris wheel, staring at the statue that's just out of his reach. Wishing to be turned into a real boy. Yes. And I was thinking, he will be there forever. And I thought, this is an amazing way to end this movie. I was all in. I was like, yeah. this movie redeemed itself with that. And then it had yeah. to come back. And I mean, yeah. I was like, what a ballsy way to end it. That kid is right there wishing he was a real boy forever. That but that's miserable. Doesn't that just make you feel? It makes me sad hearing you describe it. It's so sad. No, but it would have been like a what a punch, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, you know, I don't. I don't hate. On my most recent watching, I don't. I don't hate the like future robot guys as much as I did the first couple times I watched it. I, I get it. It's just. It's not necessary. I don't know why you need to give David the like satisfaction of seeing his mom one last time. Right. Because the movie essentially is the, the 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 future robot alien dudes tell us. 
you, we can recreate her, but it's only going to last a day. When she goes back to bed, she won't wake up. Right. Which, by the way, what that makes no sense. It makes it's no it's sense at all. It's just thrown in to be like, you know, it, there's they, no they, reason that would happen. Hey, blame your boy Kubrick. So, he says, fine. David's like, whatever. I want to see my mom. I've waited 200 years. So, right. he gets the day with her. They, they recreate earlier scenes from the movie. It's sweet. It's a little light. It's like, okay, man. But, and it's all in that soft glow. And I was like, yeah, it is. But when she, when she falls asleep, he just lays there forever holding her. Right. And that's it. That's his whole, that's his ending. Just laying with mom forever, which is exactly the same as the Blue Fairy, except now it's happy instead of sad. Exactly. I mean, it's still sad, but it's just, it's not it's just me. Yeah, he got his, yeah, I agree. But I it's just, yeah, you're, it's like, I don't hate it. It just seems like, oh uh, man, it's such a clear choice. I know. There's a reason um, Kubrick didn't make this movie, you know. I think <laughs> that something, I mean, I'm, I've done a lot of my like, you know, IMDb trivia and Wikipedia and read the New York Times review of it. I've done all that. So this, this, I'm just making up, but I got the sense that they thought AI was going to be a huge blockbuster. Oh, I think they did too. This is a summer blockbuster and you can't have a summer blockbuster end with a gut punch. This can't have the, um, the missed ending, you know? Right. I mean, even E.T. where, you know, E.T. doesn't end with E.T. dying. Spoiler. E.T. ends with E.T. coming back to life and and it ends with a sad but happy ending. This is like a they Steven, accomplish your mission and they this send is a Steven Spielberg movie in the summer. It came out June 29th, two thousand one. So this is a Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, and so this is back when release. Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg now isn't what Spielberg was then so much. This yeah. is when Spielberg was the shit. I think Spielberg. Everything he makes now is like a reflecting. All his stuff is well, real. Like looking back. And so, well, except for that stupid Ready Player One. I like Ready Player One, but I don't want to talk about that right now. I, I guess my point is, if this movie had come out, like, I don't know, November or something, or like February or what, you know, say, just a time period where it wasn't expected to make $500 million, I think you could have that ending. This was his first movie after Saving Private Ryan, which is Sure, so, Jesus, so they thought it was going to be just huge. And Saving Private Ryan was a big, fat hit. And then he made Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal War of the Worlds. None of those. Were, I mean, th- some of them made some money, but none of those were like blockbusters. We spent so much time on this like round of out of theaters discussing Spielberg. It's weird because it wasn't intentional. It's weird. We did just end up with a lot of Spielberg. Like five of our 19 movies or something. Are I know. Spielberg. That's crazy. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I um, It's an interest. I will say this. It's an interesting movie. I mean, it's I wasn't sad to watch again. It was like it's. You know, it's not a, it's not your average movie. It takes some big swings. Yep. I think that's fair. It's, you know, it's, I, I can't give you any kind of review of this that isn't colored by my life experiences. Hey, but that's I just, the thing about movies is you bring to it what you bring to it. And if, yeah. if it hits you, it hits you. I, I'm not going to deny I mean, that. I, I swear, Will, I have not seen something that makes me feel sadder. Like, it is the saddest movie <laughs> and I've the ever sad, seen. The, the sad thing about that is I picked us to watch this movie because i've said like i've made billy watch so many movies and i know he didn't like let me pick a movie that i'm pretty <laughs> sure he likes and that'll cheer him up and then- I, I just in my brain it's like ai is an important movie to me like i it's not hey, one i'm not gonna like fine. when you make your facebook list it's not gonna make my top 10 or whatever but i i knew it mattered to me uh, in the same way that like that thing you do matters to me you know yeah. like where it's just from an era that hit me at a certain time and goddamn if ai doesn't just make me ball i'm like tearing up talking about it we gotta i know we watched Rushmore with Allie a couple nights ago, and she, I said, what'd you think? And she's like, ah, it was all right. And I said, <laughs> I said, Alice, I, but I mean, she doesn't have a connection, but I said, like, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. You made the point that um, everybody's looking for the new Star Wars, and, uh, or, or to, to, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. You said, 
Disney is trying to recapture Star Wars like it was for people in 1977. Right, right. And you said, kids already have other stuff. They have Harry Potter. They have whatever. They don't need a new Star Wars. That was my thing. I wrote that in an essay that can be read on my website, Pfeifferland.com. I did not know that. <laughs> a <Pfeifferland>. long essay. <laughs> Good luck spelling that. I'm not going to spell it for you. Just you'll have to Google it. <laughs> you can figure it out if you can see my name <laughs> on whatever you're listening to. But anyway. Hey, maybe my last question before we get to the end of this. Yeah. Um, how you said you saw it in theater how how did that come to be why like how did you decide i'm gonna go on a friday night and on fourth of july weekend and see AI? I think, well back then this is you know before i had my kid and my wife and i used to go to a lot of i mean i you know i mentioned rushmore amy and i drove in, in the chicago suburbs to go see rushmore because it wasn't it. in rockford i mean we used to really make we used to go to a lot of movies this one was this was the new spielberg movie it was a new big budget movie. You heard a lot about it. It was the, you know, Haley Jossman was in it. We, we went to see it. We saw, you know, if there was a big movie coming out, odds are we would go see it in the theater. There God. was a time in my life when I drove into Chicago to see Reservoir Dogs in the theater. Because you couldn't see it here? Because you couldn't see it here. All I right. drove into Chicago more than once to see a Chinese Kung Fu movie from the late 80s. Just because <laughs> I was like, I need to see that. And it wasn't on DVD and it wasn't, there were no DVDs. It wasn't on anything. When we have our choice to do that, we almost always opt for Madison instead of Chicago or Milwaukee. Because, you know, we're equidistant from all three cities. And I we, just don't Amy like dealing I, with, with the traffic and the We expenses. used to go. We went to see, like, and when we were in, because so, Amy's folks, used they used to live right by Madison. So we would go up there all the time. But we saw, I saw, like, Crash, not the stupid one with Matt Dillon, but the crazy one about people when I have sex with car crashes. That one. And that, by the way, that was an awkward date. <laughs> what? There's a movie called Crash by David Cronenberg. It's based on a novel about people who are sexually aroused by car accidents. They made it into a movie with James Spader and Rosanna Arquette. And it is a wild movie. Holly Hunter's in it. Huh? Holly Hunter is in it. Holly Hunter is in it. That's right. I'll be damned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mama Incredible is in that movie. That uh, sequence of words is not something I would have. That is a wild movie. And uh, we saw that. And that movie... It's a very interesting movie. I wouldn't describe it as entertaining. It's very interesting. It is the coldest. It's emotionally the coldest movie I think I've ever seen. Not that people are horrible at each other. It's just this feeling of iciness throughout the movie. Sure. But anyway, we saw that in Madison. We'd go see all kinds of movies. Um, I would go in Chicago more before Amy and I were dating just because I would go in all. I, I was like such a movie fan. I grew up. You know, in Ohio, not near any huge movie theaters, but I would, Chicago had like every movie. I drove into Chicago to see Blade Runner when it was like re-released in the early 90s, just because I was like, I want to see it on the big screen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do that all the time. So, so AI wasn't particularly important or anything. It was just, it was just it was the, the new, new movie that was out. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw it on DVD at a friend's house. Like I used to, I used to have this guy who was in a band with named Ken. We would sit down and spend a lot of time writing music and then music would end and you go like eat pizza and watch TV or whatever. Right. And AI was just one of those movies. And you know, it's like all that stuff comes up. It's like, I gotta go, dude, I gotta, I have to leave. Yeah. You know? I'm looking, I think I saw like, I mean, Spielberg, I saw, you know, I saw Indiana Jones, last crusade in the theater. I saw hook in the theater, Jurassic Park, Schindler's list, lost world. I didn't see Amistad saving private Ryan, AI minority report. Catch me. If you can war of the world's Munich. I saw all those in the theater. 
So, so you paid for Spielberg's, you know, second winter home. <sighs> yes, this is well, and, and now he has ten. But yes, I paid for that. <laughs> yeah, Plus, you're, you're I mean, I saw, you know, I saw E.T. nineteen forty one, Close Encounter. I saw all those in the theater as a kid. So, well, let's we can kind of lay off uh, Spielberg after. Yeah, this, um, I mean, there's still know, a few interesting movies in his resume, but yeah, let's lay off uh, Stephen for a little bit. I this is normally the part of the podcast where I offer reviews that have been read, but there haven't been any new ones. So this is where I'm going to say, please. You can leave us a review at any of your podcast providers, but we prefer Apple Podcasts. If you could go there, leave us a five-star review, insult me, insult Will, whatever you got, just as long as you leave that Bring it on, that, bring it that on. Helps us. Uh, we also want to thank um, some donations we received. You can go to outoftheaters.com slash donate, I believe. That's the link. Let me double check so. that. <laughs> we should know. Um, but hey. If not, there's a big button right yeah. on the homepage of Out of Theaters. Um, and... Yeah, it, it is. It is slash donate. Um, we need to thank um, listener Eric, who who was very generous and very generous. Hey, thank you, Eric. Uh, super grateful. Uh, and it sucks because you gave us that, and then, and then we, we took time off. <laughs> so we'll we'll, uh, we'll make sure to do better, and, yeah. and we'll continue to you know keep episodes churning out. But um, if you'd like to donate, like I said, go go to outofthetheaters.com slash donate. But uh, and my mom, we want to thank your mom. So my t- mom, that's a my great dear story. mom, as if she hasn't given me enough. I told your mom you should you should return that money to your mom. I tried to, and she would not let me. You know how stubborn moms can be. Thank you so thank much, you, Mrs. Pfeiffer. Mrs. That's very nice, Patricia Pfeiffer. My <laughs> we just thanked mom. your mom on the podcast. Who like took we're me as a boy old. and dropped me off to see Star Wars and changed my life forever. So thank you. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching next week? Next week, let's next uh, week, quote unquote. Yeah, next sometime, but soon, Episode. sooner than two months. <laughs> yes. Um. Let's watch, speaking of epic films by directors who were big in the 70s, let's watch Francis Ford Coppola's mind-bending Vietnam (laughs) drama, thrill ride, whatever you want to call it, Apocalypse Now. So I did announce uh, a couple days ago or last night that this was the... uh we are going to watch this. So this isn't a big surprise, but you know... This is all, yeah. We've, to be honest, we have watched this. (laughs) um, It's... I I asked you if we could watch this movie because it's one of those ones that people talk about all the time mm-hmm. that I just had no idea. Right. And just as a as a quick anecdote to how that went for me, I texted you in the middle of the movie about Martin Sheen. I said, "Boy, he looks a lot like Charlie Sheen, doesn't he?" And you didn't respond. And time I think went I on. I was uh, fell, fell on the floor dumbfounded. <laughs> and then no, I, you because you thought I was like just commenting on, yeah, he looks like his dad, of yeah. course. But then like the movie ended, and I sat down for a while and was like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shit. That is Charlie Sheen's dad. (laughs) Of course. Like, you know, I just didn't contextualize it in the moment, you know? I mean, you know, it's like, obviously, Martin Sheen. I just didn't think of it. Did you know it was Emilio Estevez's dad? I did know that. (laughs) And there are moments in that movie where he kind of, he looks like both, right? Like, you know, in the movie, um, uh, Hot Shot, it may be Hot Shot's (laughs) part due, which is actually a funny movie when they're, Charlie Sheen is in a scene that's spoofing Apocalypse Now. He's on a boat and they're passing in a river and Martin Sheen is on a boat passing him and they look at each other and as they pass they say at the same time, I loved you in Wall Street because they're both that's, in Wall Street. Yeah, yeah And that's, yeah, that's a funny. great, that's a good joke. Okay, so uh, yeah, that, that's all though. Let's not talk anymore about it. We'll get to okay. it next week. Uh, we'll try to schedule this maybe mm-hmm. just a few days out from now. Yep. But um, any other final thoughts before we end this? Uh, I mean, I came down kind of hard in this movie, but if you've never seen it, it's worth a look. There's interesting stuff in it. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's a little, uh, it's it. I wish it wasn't so family friendly. Exactly. Like you can see, it's constrained by its June twenty. If it were a release. little darker, it yep. would be better. I think. Yeah, but I, I do love this movie, and I'm glad we saw it again. Cool. So okay, uh, next week, uh, Apocalypse Now. 
A uh, movie that is dark. <laughs> on behalf of my friend Will Piper, my name is Billy Culpa. We'll miss you all, most of all. Uh,